0: everyone, welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Dr. Buck Parker. He's a surgeon who is absolutely crushing social media. Has right around 140,000 followers on Instagram, over 70,000 subscribers on YouTube, and his content is absolutely great. That's how we ended up first getting in, in touch was via Instagram. After I watched some of his videos, he has some, some pretty graphic uh, videos and pictures that he'll post from time to time, which very interesting to see, and I was very excited to have him on the podcast finally and have some great conversations about him, social media, how he's gotten to where he is today, and a few other topics, so definitely check out the podcast, let us know what you think, without further ado, let's bring him on. Hi! Thank you so much for joining us on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Yeah. How's your day going? Oh, busy. Nothing wrong with that, though. Better busy than than not, right? Yeah, that's true. Are you uh, Are you off today? No, I'm not. Oh, you're just <laughs> stepping out, stepping off for a podcast. Then I like it. Yes, that's right. <laughs>
1: trying to do you know like five things at once hey
0: <laughs> well thank you so much we really appreciate it and i know our audience yeah. will as well i i think it'd be great if you could start by quickly giving a, a little bit about your background you know how you started and where you're at today and then we can go into a couple questions
1: sure um well i maybe am a unconventional student i suppose um I didn't really know if I wanted to go into medicine. I, I kind of did when I was in in high school, but I um, I didn't really kind of believe that I was smart enough to do it until about halfway through college. And I I started to figure out how to study, and I had actually somebody help me, and I realized I wasn't an idiot, and I started doing really well on on uh, the science courses, um, specifically physics. I did like doing really well um, in that and so, so I decided yeah I can you know go to med school and so um, but I had totally destroyed my record <laughs> up until then <laughs> and so uh, I ended up going to a Caribbean school as, as some advice from a family friend who was a physician and I and, uh, went to St. Matthews which was in Belize so that I was there for two years and then two years in the states I uh, went around the, the uh, states of Baltimore, Kansas City, and uh, Chicago for my third and fourth year rotations. And then I got a residency at uh, Henry Ford in Detroit for general surgery. I always knew I wanted to do surgery. I just didn't know what kind, really. Um, And it was really heavy there on trauma, as you can imagine. And so we took a lot of trauma call um, and took care of a lot of trauma patients, even though it wasn't, you know, there's a specific amount of trauma you need to take or do in general surgery, and we did way over that. Mm -hmm. So um, we got kind of comfortable with that, so then I I actually went to um, to Wyoming to my hometown to practice for a couple of years, and it was like really boring and terrible, and there wasn't a lot of patients anyway. And so then I realized I needed to get like a real job, and I, I took a job with acute care surgery, doing um, emergency general surgery and trauma in in Florida, and then that same company uh, had an opening in Salt Lake City, and so they took that because I like to ski and I like the outdoors and Florida doesn't have a lot of skin, I found out. So um, so I moved here and now I'm doing acute care surgery and trauma, so just general surgery and trauma surgery, um, no real elective surgery. And um, I work at two different hospitals. One's a level two center, one's a level three, and I'm the trauma director at the level three center. And uh, just actually became uh, one of the trauma surveyors for the state of Utah as well. So that's uh, in a nutshell, that's where I'm at.
0: Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, i'm gonna say I'm gonna ask the question I know the audience is thinking. How do you manage to to juggle all of what you do clinically, and then you're also very entrepreneurial with your site and your videos and your social media channels. How do you do it all?
1: I have no friends and I have no family. <laughs> <laughs> the, no. the truth. Uh, I do have some friends. Uh, you know, I don't have kids, so that probably helps a lot. Um, it's, but I think that um, if you're going to be good at anything, like exceptional, not good, you can be good at a lot of stuff. But I think if you're going to be exceptional at anything, it just takes that like twenty four seven attention that. And the only way you're going to do something twenty four seven um like this morning I got up at six and it was like immediately working, and all of a sudden I was like, oh i got I got this to do I got this to do, I'm gonna, pretty soon it's like eleven, and I have like you know still uh still working on the same stuff it it's because you love to do it, and um i I think that's like the key some people say don't love what you do or don't do what you love because then it becomes work. But I think that, you know, if you, if you, the only reason I do social media and stuff like that in the videos is because I love to do it. And I, you know, put 100% of my effort and time into surgery for a really long time because I love that too. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't love studying 12 hours a day and stuff, but I, I kind of, I loved it. I loved what was I was going to get to do <laughs> eventually. And so that drove me to like keep, to hang in there, especially through medical school and, you know, this, all the SMLEs and uh, residency tests and, you know, papers and all that stuff too. So I think that's probably the key. Yeah.
0: Now, a lot of, a lot of healthcare professionals would love to be in your position being, being super active on social media and creating this very engaging content. What would be your advice to them to just get started with it?
1: Um, So it's actually kind of interesting. Um, I started to try to do a YouTube channel like a a few years ago and it just kind of like didn't go anywhere. Got no traction. And um, I was doing what I thought people wanted to see. Actually I was doing more of, of like what my job was and, and the the diagnosis and surgeries that I do and I was talking about appendicitis and colonoscopies and you know, preventative care and was, nobody cares about that stuff, right? <laughs> <And so> like, <laughs> so like you have you have appendicitis, now you care, you know? And so um I, I don't know, I, I I kind of stumbled upon what people wanted from me specifically and it wasn't really for me to talk about appendicitis or gallbladder problems it was more um it was more like students they wanted to understand what it took to do to get into medicine go into medicine what do i do now and all that stuff and so it did take a little bit for me to understand what people wanted from me and um so i think that's one component. And I'm not sure how you go about doing that, honestly. I really just stumbled upon it. And then the second thing is that uh, I find it's really engaging uh, that I get a lot of responses when I'm very authentic about like what's going on. Uh, The good and the bad, it's always, you know, like social media is uh, heavily weighted on the good, (laughs) You you know, and I feel like, a lot of people respond to, uh, many of my posts that are, uh, the other way, like, Hey, I had a really rough time and, uh, I wasn't that good. And, uh, you know, I think we're a little scared, especially in medicine because no one wants to go be like, Oh, Hey, I'm a bad doctor. I mean, that's not really what you're saying, but at some point you had a, had a tough time with something or whatever it is. And, um, there's this like culture in medicine right now. It's still, still here. And, um, and especially in co- like cor- corporate kind of healthcare is they don't want to expose the, uh, the human nature <laughs> of medicine, right? <laughs> I was actually doing some CME this morning and they're like, um, I had to do it on medical errors, right? And, it's and you know, there's a big paper about there's 100,000 medical errors a, a year or 100,000 deaths uh, due to medical errors a year in the healthcare system. Well, that was written in like 99 and now the updated uh, number is like 250,000 being the third highest uh, number of deaths next to cancer and heart disease right so um and we all like don't want to talk about that i it's kind of weird but uh i think people really appreciate when you're when you're honest and stuff now the flip side is that uh you don't want to get fired <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so it's a little bit, you know, you got to be careful of exactly what you're, what you're saying in that sense, and obviously you got to be careful of HIPAA and things like that. But for, um, but but you but you you know the honesty really helps a lot. The authenticity uh, helps a lot. People really appreciate that. But uh that being that being said, I will say that there is a window of time when you start doing this stuff. And people go, uh like what the fuck are you doing kind of thing. <laughs> and then and then until you get some traction and and then you can you know kind of visually explain to or you know these people that say it said like what are you do what are you doing? why are you doing this? You're a crazy person, and then they start to realize when when there's a lot of people commenting like how amazing it is and this and that, and hey, thank you for your help and then those people start to shut up and you get more comments on the positive side so but there is a window where it was really interesting and mostly it's it was like my my closer friends and family saying like what you know when i started initially started youtube i actually shut it down because um because my close friends were like this doesn't make any sense. And why, why do I even care about this? And what, you know, put, you should be doing this in your videos instead, and you should be doing that. And what, you know, I was like, geez, man, I really suck at this thing. And they're telling me not to do it. <laughs> I, I think I mean, I better stop. Like get a lot of resistance. Um, and then uh, I started changing the content and, and that was resonating with people that were not my friends. Uh, so that's, it is important to know exactly who you're, who you're creating content for, right? Because because you're not creating content for the entire world. you It's really very uh, a defined uh, demographic that you're creating content for. If you don't know who that is, then it's going to be tough, and you'll get a lot more kind of feedback of of you know negative feedback. Um, if you know exactly who it's going to, uh, those people will be happy to receive that.
0: It's funny when I. When I look at your most popular YouTube um uh, videos that you uploaded, you know, we talk about how people are interested, not just like what's going on within your clinical day-to-day, but like, you know, about med school and, and money and success and any like MCATs. But you have a lot of your top videos, like hernia symptoms, uh choosing specialty. Uh so you you do have you still have a very diverse uh content would you say
1: I mean yeah, you have from I clinical
0: do. to med school to miscellaneous yeah
1: you know the the first, those hernia videos so this is a i would say a kind of a side um the, the 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 hernia videos I did initially when I was trying to do more clinical stuff and like explain to people about about the things that I do and so i started doing that and i they didn't seem to take get a lot of traction in comments um but i think as like then i started do, getting into about med school stuff and youtube liked that uh, more than it liked my hernia videos but because um and this is more just about youtube in general because youtube liked my channel more then it started showing my videos more and hernia is a big topic on on youtube in general they just didn't like it for me at the time and then and then like, you know then then like when youtube started to like my channel more it started to show all of my videos more and then since since hernia is a big topic then they uh started showing that a lot more and uh it's like a bigger market. Does that make sense? So, so you have medical students, you have kids that are like interested in medical, medical school. It's a smaller market that, than people in general that are interested in having their hernia fixed. Like when you're having your hernia fixed, when, you know, one of the most common surgeries, um, then a lot of people are searching that all the time. And so that's, I think that's what happened with that. Cause there's, there's like a few videos that I have that do have a large amount of views uh, and there some of those initial ones that I was talking about, and besides hernia, this and that, and um, I kind of dropped that because I didn't think anyone wanted to hear about it, but but uh, I, I think looking back, I think that's what happened.
0: Interesting, so it's it's kind of like, so similar to, uh, to Google, right? So there's something with yeah. their algorithm, right? That was making exactly. you now become more popular, okay. Do you have a a favorite social media platform i mean you're you're pretty much on every single one, but is does one stand out to you more more than the other do you like using one more than the other
1: uh I like instagram um i I tried to kind of get some traction on Facebook and I could not I'm not sure what happened i i was posting the exact same posts on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram kind of took off, and Facebook didn't uh so I focused more on Creating that for, uh, for Instagram, and um, I do I do like YouTube. It's a it's much more labor intensive, Uh, but so that's that's another reason I like Instagram because you're like oh I, I have a you know you can take pictures and then think about stuff later and you don't you know you can just write a post and and with YouTube it's it's like more of a you know production kind of thing if you do a good to do to, to a good job
0: yeah no it's uh i mean instagram the simplicity is what really stands out right like you just nail it on the head it's just so easy and a lot of the other platforms take a little more effort which yeah which can be yeah. good good and bad i guess but yeah
1: and it's, instagram is like hot right now and which is why i think you know i got more traction just i think it's probably more popular than then uh, maybe not YouTube, but definitely Facebook, especially. Well, the, you, know, you also think about the demographic. Like if I was if I was uh, uh, selling walkers, uh, you know, I, <laughs> <to start. laughs> yeah. but my demographic is, you know, most of those people who like to see my stuff are either, you know, tr- going to be in in medical school or trying to get in medical school or in medical school or in residency. So that's a, that's that. uh younger age group, which they like Instagram more.
0: Well, this is actually a, a really good transition because I wanted to ask you if you could briefly go into uh, Step Prep Academy.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I, I I did my initial um, study course uh, and like I kind of, you know, after a while, People were asking me like, how did how did you you know the biggest question I got was like, how do you study for eight to ten hours a day? And I was like, well, okay, well maybe I should you know explain this more. And so I, I did this course on on how to study uh secrets. It's called secret study hacks because so that's what like marketers tell you to put secret you know that name in there. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's more interested. I was like, okay, this is really cheesy, but uh, okay, we'll do that. And it was really cool. And we got a lot of like, people. who got about. A couple thousand subscribers in there, and lots of good um, results, and all that stuff, and and so from that, I had a couple uh, other students like just come to me and say, "Hey, I I have a I teach, you know, we have the MCAT one, which so the, uh, Austin said, like, "Hey, I teach MCAT one on one. I saw you did this thing, like I want to do that." It's like okay, and then this uh, other kid, he's a Johns Hopkins resident, and at uh, he's a ER, Johns Hopkins first year resident. And he came and said, hey, I, I teach that. I've been teaching step one for you know two years since I took it one on one. And I think I really have a cool uh, way to do it. And not I don't know anybody else is doing it like this. And so he kind of explained everything. I was like, wow, that's, a, that's pretty cool. So so we we actually uh, he sort of like me. I, I can't tell, I can't tell who's the bigger nerd, me or him, probably <laughs> uh, probably him, but. But he built an algorithm, like with an Excel spreadsheet, uh, with all these calculus mathematical calculations of like what's on the test, you know, percentage-wise, what's on the test, and then and then what are the materials that are available to everybody? Because everybody kind of studies the same materials. So, like we have first aid, we have like I don't know, I don't even know what you guys study anymore. Like the cr- crush was one of the big books for us, and then and then of course the questions, and then so he broke it down into you know, am I going to get how many questions? on uh endocrine pharmacology am i gonna get right and it turns out it's like 0. 0.25 questions maybe on your test and but there's a lot of like kind of complex things you have to remember about that stuff and it takes a lot of time to memorize everything and you know how many times you have to review it so he kind of built an algorithm saying like you probably don't need to spend you know any time on this it's maybe going to be one question so then we took that and, and uh, built a, a software program and put it into an app, uh, like a web app. We're going to, we're going to try and put it into a phone app for pretty soon too. And then, um, uh, and then, yeah, so you just p- plug in, how many days do I have to study for the test? And then it spits out like how many pages of each, uh, you know, main material, like first day, do you have to study every day in order to get your goal? And he's got he's got some other things in there too. It's like, a lot of tutorials video tutorials from him is, is uh kind of uh, uh not test theory but like his test approach uh you know and how to learn the test uh because that's a real big and important thing i think one of the things that i learned going through these all of these tests is that you can study your ass off like um you know i studied really hard for the mcat i did terrible because i didn't know the test but i didn't know that until later i studied for the USMLE. i studied the material but I also studied that test and that helped me and then when I got in step one two and three I did really well and then I did really well in our ab site and I studied the test as well as the material then I got to our board like American College Surgeons board exam for general surgery I studied the test the written test but not the oral test, I passed the written test at a 95%, or no, 90th percentile, and I failed the oral test because I did not study the oral test. I studied the materials on the oral test, you know, so um, I think that's that's one thing that I, li- I really like that, that we can say, dude, you, you know, like, you're not dumb because you got a bad grade on a test. You just are, you're not studying the test uh you know it's not like i i it was terrible i felt like a bad doctor and it, it took me legit like 2 years to get the balls up to study for that oral exam again uh because i thought i was a bad doctor and a bad surgeon and unsafe cuz they always talk about well it's it's testing how safe you are it's fucking bullshit it's testing <laughs> your knowledge of the exam like you know and so when I went back and I studied, I I talked to a lot of my friends who had taken it and passed and all this stuff. Um, they they gave me all these materials like, oh yeah, this is what we studied for. Not the not the like material like, don't read the book, <laughs> you know like <laughs> read the stuff about the test. And I was like, oh okay, so I did that and I went back and I took I took the test and I passed the test. So that's uh, really what I like about the MCAT course we have and also this one is it's fo- focuses more on the, on the test. You obviously have to know the material to some extent, but that only gets you so many points on, on these exams. And it may or may not be enough for you to get the residency you want. Cause I mean, you know, step one is basically like, okay, you get to 99 and step one, you know, you go, you go wherever you want. You barely pass. Uh, good luck right good luck getting you the residency of your choice you're going to be probably having to do either medicine uh or family medicine or pediatrics the or, or whatever's the easiest thing to get into and and that's it's a, a sad i guess reality
0: that was one of the upon talking with more healthcare professionals that was something myself and a lot of people that weren't directly you know, a physician or a nurse that, that didn't understand. I, I always thought you could choose whatever originally, you know, when I was younger, that you could choose whatever you wanted uh, for a specialty. And then I learned the reality that that is not the case. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, and, which is probably a good that, thing. That, though.
1: Not only is it the residency of your choice, it's the location of your choice. You know, like I think a, Something that many people don't understand is that you know a lot of doctors don't are not living where they want to live you know and uh it can be a big deal it can be a, it can be a lot you know it is life-changing uh, a lot of stuff in medicine is life-changing which is and a lot of it's good but it's, some of it's tough I mean I um you know I went into general surgery and I, I went back to my hometown and it was like no just kidding there's not really enough work for here for you here you know um and so then I took a job in Orlando I was like I don't want to go I don't like I never wanted to live in Florida I mean that's you know if you like Mickey Mouse that's awesome place to live but I was like okay uh oh shit you know like now what so um it's not always straightforward and, and you know the better you do on these all these exams like the the, the sooner you accept like your, your your mission in life is to crush every single one of these these stupid exams um until like you end up with what you want uh, the the better you're going to be off i guess yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's a, definitely a, a harsh reality for <laughs> for many that that are that get into the field to figure that out <laughs> exactly. crazy well, I don't, I don't want to take uh, too much more of your time. I want to thank you, though, for, for coming on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. And, and what I want to do is I'll throw the the uh, Prep Academy link that we were talking about, and I'll throw that in the show notes, and then cool. uh, also your uh, your social links. Uh, real quick, where can people – I mean, they'll be in there the, the, uh, the notes yeah. on your social links, uh, but where can people hear from you or learn more about you?
1: Probably the best the best place to go is Instagram. It's just uh, at Dr. Buck Parker. So D-R-B-U-C-K-P-A-R-K-E-R. You know, my YouTube is you just search Buck Parker on YouTube and you'll find Mm -hmm. it. And then um, the uh, step prep academy.com. And uh, that's going to be launching this this week, actually, or uh, Sunday. We're going to open that up. So check that out.
0: Love it. And something makes me strongly believe that Next time we talk, you'll have another couple of things in the works. (laughs) I got a couple of
1: things on. Yeah. I got a couple of cool things coming too. Yeah. I've been talking to some other people and it's been really, really fun. I think, um, you know, medicine and surgery is certainly really cool, but social media is uh, especially medicine. I think it's, it's so interesting. We, we almost have, we're looking like, you can look into the future, right? Because, everybody else except medicine is, has fully embraced it and is like 100% full steam ahead with social media and medicine is like yeah I'm not sure if it's any good <laughs> and you're like uh well the rest of the world does yeah so it's kind of it's kind of a cool time because we can just you know you can make almost like big bets on it <laughs> because uh it's pretty much guaranteed to to take over medicine at some point too.
0: Yeah, and uh, and you definitely got a a big jump start on that. Well, no, it's you didn't get a jump start. You like you said you you saw an opportunity early on when medicine didn't, and you've taken full advantage of that. So
1: yeah, get a get ahead of the tidal wave. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <You know? laughs> yeah. So, Absolutely.
1: Cool. And blockchain blockchain is uh, you know I think definitely gonna be uh gonna be in
0: there too so don't don't uh, ignore that i know you're not absolutely yep full full on board with blockchain technology artificial intelligence and yeah uh, it's it's gonna be i i believe in the next mm-hmm. within the next five to ten year period we'll see some of the most innovation in medicine that we've seen in a long time
1: yeah
0: i agree yeah absolutely especially with, with the too. millennial generation pushing up through the ranks i mean they're not yeah <laughs> no kidding. They're, they're not gonna stop for uh for slow processes
1: yeah they're gonna be like hey where's uh dr smith because like oh he's he's at home on on twitter working from twitter don't worry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it'll it'll definitely be interesting uh, to, to <laughs> see
0: like everything that's happening like that uh for sure um and yeah. uh it'll be good to keep tabs on it but but thank you uh really thank you so much for coming on and our audience is uh appreciative and so am i and let's definitely stay in touch and uh, this should be coming okay. out uh, in uh, in February, uh, we'll be releasing it, and I'll be sure to let you know, and uh, we'll put it on the, all the social channels, and look forward okay. to everyone's reactions. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Take care. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for another episode of Slice of Healthcare. Please be sure to follow us on our social channels on Pretty Much every social channel, it's at slice of healthcare on Twitter. It's at slice of HC. We don't use that much, but we will answer if anyone tweets at us or sends us a message there. Also, for those of you that are listening on iTunes, please be sure to head over to iTunes, leave us a rating/slash review. We'd really appreciate the support and feedback. And if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please reach out at sliceofhealthcare at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or any of our other channels and we'll get right back to you. Thanks and everyone have a great day.